0: Hello, and welcome back to Cooking with Miss C, where I awkwardly talk to the slides and notes that we had in class and add my two cents in here and there. Today, we're going over protein. So, we are going to focus on meat, poultry, and seafood in this podcast. However, realize that nuts and beans and tofu, there's plenty of plant-based protein out there. Eggs are protein. Um, But we're focusing on the meat, poultry, seafood side of things. So let's get started. So first we're going to discuss meat. And when I say meat, we're talking your red meat. So beef, from cows, your veal from calves, pork from pigs, mutton is from a mature sheep, lamb are your baby sheeps, venison is your deer, you have moose, you have boar, there's plenty of gamey type of meat out there, but your basic red meats are what we are going to go over today. Uh, Inspection and grading. So meat sold in the U.S. are always inspected by federal agents of the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, from live animal to grocery store case. So they are going to monitor and make sure that it's sanitary through every process because meat is something that can easily be contaminated and or just the animals themselves might have diseases, things like that. So they check everything from when it's on the farm alive and eating grass to when it's just sitting in the grocery store waiting for you to buy it. The FDA is responsible for protecting public health by ensuring safety, efficiency, and security, the inspection of everything from food to pharmaceuticals and to cosmetics. So the FDA approves everything, supplements. That's why some stuff says not FDA approved or FDA approved. It's super important that you're paying attention to that because if it's not FDA approved, uh, you're really just taking a risk there. There are inspection stamps that appear on the meat itself, often in the form of an edible purple vegetable dye. Both safety and quality are determined in its grade as well. Um, I feel like you don't find the vegetable stamps like the, in the meat as often as you used to. Now it's more so a sticker uh, that they just place on the packaging. So for your meat, we're going to jump into the different types of cuts and the whole process of farm to grocery store. The first cut we are going to discuss is a primal cut. So once the animal is slaughtered, the carcass is cut into either halves or quarters, and that is called your primal cut. It is then hung to age for 48 hours up to 21 days. <clears throat> the hanging position will lengthen the fibers and create more tenderness. It is left to age, if it's left to age longer, the meat becomes darker and more flavor flavorful, but also more expensive. So it's also, if you think about it, aging is a nice way to say that it is decay, for lack of a better word. Um, the meat continues to be inspected throughout this process. So, similar to when we discussed cheese, the aging process is inspected and overlooked and carefully done. So you should never get sick from meat. If it's aged, it's more expensive because it's seen as higher, better quality. All right, so from your primal cuts, so you have either halves or quarters, then it goes and gets cut down again into your wholesale cuts. So after aging, the carcass is cut again into larger wholesale cuts. Uh, These are the cuts that you can either buy in Costco, because that's a wholesale type of store, or ShopRite will buy these wholesale cuts. Grocery stores often buy these cuts, and then the butchers will cut them up as customers place their orders. So um, if you go to ShopRite and you're at the cases where all the meat is, there's actually a little opening and window where you can see the butchers breaking down the meat even further and packaging them there. So ShopRite packages all of those things for you. So from your wholesale cuts, then we are moving on to your retail cuts. So the retail cuts are packaged and sold to grocery stores for individual customer purchasing. So you, when you're at ShopRite, those are retail cuts you are buying. Uh, the tenderloin is considered the best cut of meat due to its complexity of accurately trimming. Uh, so different cuts of meat will obviously cost different prices. Uh, things with the bone in it still versus no bone again pricing will vary it's always priced per pound as well you have the price per pound on the label and then you also have the total price that it will cost on the label okay so retail cuts you have your so let's start from the beginning you have your primary cuts your primal cuts then goes to your wholesale cuts and then your retail cuts okay so for your meat, we have a few terms as far as types of cuts, not necessarily types of cuts, but like how you can get and serve different types of food. So the first is a medallion. So medallion refers to small, usually round, boneless and tender cuts of meat. Usually they're pork medallions. Like when I when we go to the restaurant or whatever, you can find pork medallions on a on a menu. Uh, butterfly means to cut the piece of meat lengthwise nearly in half so it opens out and lies flat so it'll look like a butterfly it helps speed up the cooking process and restaurants use it because it makes it look like it's a bigger piece of meat usually you find this with chicken like when you buy chicken it's actually pretty thick Um, like a chicken breast is usually pretty thick in the packaging if you cut it lengthwise um, and then it opens up, and it resembles again it resembles a butterfly, but again, it looks bigger it's gonna cook up it's gonna speed up cooking time so restaurants that's generally a trick they use uh next is tying so tying a roast with string will ensure even cooking and helps keep the shape of the meat. It also helps keep a lot of the juicy goodness inside of it, so it's not all just in the pan uh it helps. When you buy a roast, it's just regular, and then you tie it at home um, for that purpose. Uh, next, we're moving on to variety meat. This is also known as offal meat. O f f a l, uh, offal meat. So the way I remember this uh, is variety meat sounds awful. Off, offal, awful variety meat. <laughs> um, your variety meat is the edible animal organs. So this is your liver, kidney, heart, tongue, brains, stomach lining, intestines, and feet. It is extremely high in nutrients, but also high in calories and cholesterol. So these are generally actually not that great for you. Um, They also, again, sound really awful. So awful, awful variety meat. That's how I remember it. (laughs) Hope that helps. Uh, Factors that go into meat tenderness, we're gonna look at muscle fiber, fat, cooking methods, and tenderizing additives. So your first factor in meat tenderness is muscle fibers. So muscle fibers are long, thin muscle cells. That's what you're eating. You're eating the muscle of an animal. They are thinnest and most tender in parts of the animal that get little exercise they thicken and are less tender in older animals and parts uh, that get a lot of exercise so free range animals generally have their bigger muscles because they're allowed to move where um, most animals honestly are not allowed to move on the farm so muscle fibers play a big part in whether or not your meat is going to be tender Another factor is visible fat. So visible fat is found under the skin of the animal, in the belly parts, and surrounding the large muscle portions. So you always want to cook meat fat side up to allow the flavor to melt down through the meat while it's cooking. Marbling is a term you will need to know. Marbling is the white flex or the streaks that appear within the lean meat. So abundant marbling is associated with tenderness. So again, fat will melt. So if you have a piece of meat with little bits of fat all sprinkled throughout, they're going to melt all over and again, create a really juicy steak. Tallow is a type of hard fat that thickens and coats the mouth when cooled Uh, It is primarily found in venison, mutton, and lamb. This is something you can buy from the butcher, and a lot of people like to use that to, like, coat pans and stuff when they're cooking meat instead of butter. They just like to use all protein. Um, So, again, you can buy that at a butcher. Cooking methods definitely play a huge part in meat tenderness you have moist heat and dry heat methods so your moist heat methods such as braising stewing steaming or you can use a lid to cover it again that will help with the steaming Uh, you also have dry heat methods so you're roasting frying grilling or broiling deep fat frying uh There's two very different ways, but moist heat cooking method softens the connective tissue and less tender cuts of meat. You want to use water, broth, or tomato juice for liquid plus a lid. So if You guys use a slow cooker at home. This will kind of make more sense. So you can put the meat in a slow cooker with say it's pork and you put a lot of barbecue sauce on it. You put pork steaks like in there, but when you're done, the pork will be able to pull apart and then you have pulled pork. Um, it, It adds moisture, so it's gonna stay juicier where if you put something on the grill, if you put a rack of ribs on the grill, they're just gonna cook them honestly dry. So very different. You want to play around with different cooking methods, things like that. So meat tenderizers is your final factor in meat tenderness. So meat tenderizer is a tool in the kitchens. While we don't have them in class, they do exist. It is a mechanical tool that is used to pound meat and break up uh, the elastic tissue. So it looks like a metal cube with pyramids on the side. I don't know how else to explain it. And then it just helps break it up. It just has a textured top so that it can break it up. It flattens it. um, Things like that. You also have monosodium glutamate MSG. Um, It is an artificial enzyme that comes in a powdered form and can be sprinkled or rubbed on meat as a tenderizer. MSG is popular in Chinese food. Very popular. You can ask for it without MSG. It's, it's like a seasoning. You can buy this in ShopRite. Uh, papain is a natural enzyme found in fresh pineapple, papayas, and tomatoes that acts as MSG. But it's a natural form. So you do have other options. I have not found this in store, but I assume it's out there. Moving on to food safety. This is huge when you're dealing with meat. There are so much bacteria and so much that can go wrong. Um, It's really important that, A, you're buying meat that is sanitary, but also that you're cleaning up your space because you can leave stuff behind. Uh, So first is E. coli, and that is a bacteria that lives in the digestive system of a healthy animal. The bacteria may come in contact with the meat, and if the meat is... Then it's undercooked and eaten, and the bacteria is transferred to the human. It can cause death, but people, you catch it. Um, It's also found in vegetables, uh, commonly, oddly enough. Um, Chipotle had a huge, huge issue with E. coli for a while, um, but they really straightened that out. Uh, Tractinae is worms or their parasites living in the muscle of hogs. So this is common in pork. This affects the muscles and results in an arthritis type of symptom. You want to cook meat until no pink remains and destroys any and all bacteria. Even slight overcooking, however, may cause the meat to be less juicy and less tender. So we all know (laughs) that you don't want dry meat well done, in my opinion, is a little bit overdoing it, Um, but you are taking a risk with anything less than well done. Um, But the FDA is watching the whole process. They should be testing things. So contaminated meat should not be on the shelves. Um, If they find that there is any contamination of meat, They'll recall the food, um, which happens, but <clears throat> it shouldn't be there, is my opinion. Moving on to poultry. So, like meat, poultry ins- is inspected by the FDA. Factors that determine the grade are the shape of the carcass, ratio of meat to bone, amount of feathers, and the number of cuts or broken bones. Um, I know it sounds awkward when you think about cuts and broken bones, but um, their conditions are very tight, so it's common that chickens fight with each other and just are packed into a small area. Fresh fresh poultry has a short (laughs) shelf life, I'm sorry, but can be frozen. So if you buy it fresh from the store, I always say cook it within three days. If it's not within three days, freeze it. It can be frozen for up to like a year uh, and it only takes like a day to defrost it. So if you're not going to use it in three days, that's any meat. Three days, freeze it. It all freezes just fine. Never store uncooked stuffing in a raw bird. So if you're trying to pre-plan for Thanksgiving thinking you're saving yourself some time, you are not. And cook all poultry thoroughly. There is no such thing as a medium rare chicken. Please do not cook your chicken medium rare. It needs to be cooked all the way through um, to 165 degrees. Cook it through. You have white versus dark meat for poultry. So your white meat is leaner with a mild flavor and your dark meat is more flavorful but higher in fat. The part of the bird that gets more exercise is darker such as the legs and the thighs Free-range poultry is raised in large yards where the bird can get more exercise. So therefore, it's going to have more dark meat. Game birds that do more actual flying will have more dark meat, especially like in their wings. So that includes quails, pheasants, wild turkeys, and ducks. So for poultry, we do have some terms. The first is trussing t-r-u-s-s-i-n-g trussing a bird which means the legs and the wings are tied to the bird's body so the entire bird will cook evenly and stay moist so if you ever bought the rotisserie chicken from Shoprite or costco they're already trussed for you it's tied up and you have to remove that it helps again same with tying up your roast it helps keep all the juices in there so the bird doesn't dry out while it slow roasts Um, Next is deboning. So deboning poultry means to separate the meat from the bones and cut the bird into pieces. Uh, You want clean work surfaces and equipment and be careful to avoid any cross-contamination. It's also super important that you're using the right type of knife. There are specific boning knives. They're shaped so that you can get inside the joints and get very close to... Um, the bones when you're taking the meat off so that you're not leaving any meat that can go to waste. The skin on poultry is high in fat content and for that reason, most people remove the skin before eating poultry. It's also very, very bad for your dogs. I accidentally did it once. It was a bad experience. Do not feed it to your animals. Um, It's just higher in fat. It is slightly delicious. It can get crispy, but not good for you at all um you also have the giblets those are the edible edible poultry organs that include the liver the heart and the gizzard um same as the offal meat or the variety meat um this is all those inside pieces if you buy your turkey You actually have to, like your whole turkey for Thanksgiving, you actually have to stick your hand down the opening, and they nicely packaged all the giblets up for you. So you just have to take out that little envelope before you cook your turkey. It's fun. It's fun. Um, So the giblets and neck are often packaged separately in the cavity of the raw bird. Um, You can cook it and use it in the stuffing. It's a very, very common Especially with the older generations, they used to use every part of the bird, you know, because of Great Depression and stuff. Moving on to fish. So fish can be divided into two categories by the color of their flesh. You have light or white fish that have a mild flavor, tender texture, and are low in fat. They include catfish, cod, flounder, haddock, uh, halibut. Perch, pike, pollock, red snapper, sole, and trout. Your darker fish flesh has a more pronounced flavor, firm texture, and a higher fat content. These include bluefish, mackerel, salmon, swordfish, and tuna. There are two types of shellfish. Your first is crustaceans. So crustaceans have Long bodies with jointed limbs covered with shells. So this is your crab, uh, crayfish, lobster, shrimps. Then you also have mollusks. So these are soft bodies covered by at least one shell. These are your clams, mussels, oysters, scallops, and squid. Removing them from the shell is called shucking. It's also a very hard process. You need a special knife for it. Um, It's very hard to shuck. Um, clams and mussels because they're alive so you really have to force them open purchasing fresh seafood so seafood's funny in a way that inspection is not required so it's important that you are well you want know what you're supposed to be looking for okay so purchase fresh fish by appearance and a mild fresh aroma yes it's going to smell fr- uh, fishy but no it should not smell like bad fishy. The eyes should be clear and full. The gills should have a red or maroon color. So nothing should look pale. Everything should look nice. Oysters, mussels, and clams should be tightly closed. So when you buy them, they need to be closed, tight, not open. If they're open, they're dead. Then once you steam them, they need to open up. If they don't open up, Again, they might be dead. So you throw out any ones that don't open up. Uh, live crab and lobster should be moving around. Lobster's tails should curl under when picked up. So crab and lobster need to be alive when you buy them. Or they need to be frozen. You can't refrigerate crab. It's, it's not an option. Um, if you go crabbing down the shore again, you need to cook the crab right away or freeze it. And safe cooking temperatures for meat and fish, super important and super helpful because you don't want to serve meat that you've already cut into three times to check for doneness, all right? So it's really easy to just use a meat thermometer and check the insides for appearance purposes really only. Um, Your steak should be cooked to 145 degrees. Your poultry should be 165 degrees. Pork, 145 degrees. Ground meat, 160 degrees. Fish and shellfish, 145 degrees. That's it for our notes on protein. It is a lot of technical information compared to some of our other units, so it's super important that you have a good understanding of these things. Uh, If you have any questions, email me, talk to me in class, let me know. Other than that, have a great day.